Welcome to the Make Disciples Podcast, a short weekly podcast of Wildwood Church where we will share topics, ideas, and resources useful to you in your effort to follow Jesus as his disciple. Welcome back to the Make Disciples Podcast. It is uh, good to uh, be with you guys again today. Today, I'm uh, not here with Dan Rober, but I'm here with our pastor, David McNeely. And uh, we have decided that it would be good to discuss in this season online church, what uh, we think that that means, biblically speaking. What does that mean in the season of COVID? What did that mean for us before COVID? And what does that mean after? Uh, and as we said before, we're wanting to keep this resource uh, quick and easy for you guys and, and so much short. So it's not going to be an expansive covering of this topic, uh, but hopefully it might even just spark some interest as far as really wrestling with this as a believer, maybe calling up some uh, pastor friends and church friends and kind of actually dialoguing around this. Because I really think uh, up until this season, online church has kind of been a pre- personal preference thing. And uh, if you're okay with it, then you can do it. And if you're not okay with it, then just go to church. And, and so we want to just be intentional about, uh, about where we land there. David, thanks for coming and joining on the podcast. Yeah, no, good to be here. Thanks for uh, letting me come in. My apologies to those who listen for, uh, you, you lost some serious IQ points when you brought me in, uh, in place of Dan. So that's right. We're, smaller words can be better for all of us. So David, uh, just to kind of start us off, what, how would you, uh, before the COVID season, when somebody would ask you about viewing church online on a Sunday and, and staying home and how did you typically approach that conversation with somebody? I, I, you know, I didn't have any kind of context for what would occur you know, where we had a, a, a national shutdown and et cetera. But so before it was really, hey, there's some uh, churches out there that have done a good job of leveraging technology and they had uh, utilized it. And I think um, that this is just a guess off the top of my head. I haven't done any extensive research in this. So this is more anecdotal. My guess would be probably half of those churches that had really invested in the technology, doing a good job with it, um, had done some good things for the church, um, but probably actually created more problems than, uh, than were there before. I, I tend to think in those categories, I tended to think online church, there's those that have made it available for, you know, a few people here and there, but by and large, those who choose to make it their, their church home, um, I, I did not see it as a, as a great option. And what, what were just maybe one or two of those uh, reasons for that? Um, I think anytime we leverage technology in such a way that it replaces much of the God-given intended ways that he designed us to live, I think we're in trouble um, there. So take it out of church service for just a moment. I think we all would say, hey, the phone is a good thing. So when I was a kid, you had a phone with a cord attached to it. You didn't have a screen on it. There were no apps. So you used a phone call to make a phone call. And so you could connect with people and you could you know, carry on. The place where the phone was the best was when you're trying to get in touch with grandma, who for us was in North Carolina. I would much rather be with a person in person than talk with them on the phone. So the phone, great technology, but if that's the only way that I'm communicating with someone, then I'm losing all kinds of nonverbal communication, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So apply that in the church setting now. Um, I think if we try to substitute uh, an in-person gathering of God's people for online only, I think we run into more problems because of what we're actually missing out on God's design to uh, to bring us together. So that's one. I'll tell you another one that I, that I find to be a, an unintended consequence. Your local pastor, this is going to sound self-serving. Hey, take it however people want. All right. Your local pastor works his tail off to think about his congregation, his people, his community, et cetera. So when he's thinking about preparing a sermon, he thinking about his congregation in general. You know, what what do we need to hear? What are the issues that are going on with us? Um, you've got that pastor is likely going to be a decent 
preacher, but probably not a great preacher because there's not many of those around. So when you uh, do an online option, I think what ends up happening is uh, people tend to compare their local pastor to these freakishly gifted communicators. The comparison game begins and or you do that with the music. You know, if you've got another church that has this crazy good music. So now I have a tendency now I need to fight more the comparison I'm going to make with, well, hey, here's my local church. Good people, good stuff, but man, it's sure not what they're doing in Australia or it's sure not what this guy's doing in New York or, you know, whatever it may be. I think those are some of them that, uh, uh, that I think of. It's not all, but I, those are some of the reasons. Yeah. So then uh, COVID happens in March and all of a sudden uh, ourselves and, and all of our friends who say, hey, online church, it's, it's not a uh, one for one change with regular church. We all jump online. And uh, biblically speaking, are there any things you can kind of stick your hands in where you go, this is why I really think biblically speaking, online church, especially in that time of quarantine, uh, and even into this time of quarantine, in this kind of partial quarantine in some ways, that it, it is more sufficient than maybe it's been in the past, spiritually speaking. Yeah, I think when you look at church history, there's been other pandemics. There's been other things that have happened. There's been wars. There's been plenty of other reasons why, legitimate reasons why a church couldn't gather in their normal normal fashion, which they're used to. So I think biblically, here's a principle. This is not a one-to-one comparison, but I think principally, let's remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Um, and yet Jesus clearly gave us some ways in which it would be appropriate to do something on the Sabbath that would not violate the heart of the command. So, you know, a guy gets his ox in a ditch, you got to go help him. I'm in there for a, a doctor uh, who gets a call, has to rush into a surgery for someone who's been banged up in a car wreck. I don't think he's violating the heart of the Sabbath on that. So there's, there's those works of necessity, those works, et cetera, that we have. I, I think you could make a, a similar comparison comparison here. Hey, this was the best option we had in front of us to gather together. And while it is a second best option, it was a second best option. I would rather meet online than not meet at all. So yeah, that is that answer your question? Yeah, I think uh, I 100% agree. Maybe as a listener, you may not recognize, but even as pastors, we have to explain in our, <laughs> in our test, why is it that pastors can work on the Sabbath? And we point to really two primary times, one where, where Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and says, look, if your ox falls into the ditch on the Sabbath, are you not going to do the work necessary to get it out of the ditch? And so we would say needs works of necessity, but then we'd also say works of mercy because Jesus multiple times got in trouble for healing people uh, on the Sabbath that would come to him and showing mercy that way. And so for a pastor, much of the work that he does is a necessity, spiritually speaking, for the people of God to be fed and, and nourished on the Sabbath day, uh, but also an act of, of mercy and, and serving and loving. And so it's very similar. I saw it similarly uh, with COVID, that there was, it was a time of necessity and it was a time of, of real mercy, not not just mercy to the people in our church, but people in our community as well. And so that I think freed us up. All right, now for the trickier part, here we are in some kind of a hybrid of a quarantine uh, where there are some people that genuinely should not be at church yet and uh, are trying to remain safe. And then there are people that just because of personal convictions, which is also a big deal, have chosen to wait. And we uh, we love them. We honor that uh, decision. But how do we process kind of this transition heading back towards what we believe is a more biblical view of church? Yeah, I've, I've talked with a couple of pastors even here in town, some of the more sizable churches. And uh, one of them has uh, stated that once they get past this uh, phase two, 
which is what they're calling it here in the state of Florida, Leon County. Once they get past that and lift these restrictions, he is going to remove the online option for Sunday mornings. Um, now, I think that's a mistake. However, I understand. And I think the heart of where he's coming from is good. I, again, I'd say this, where we are now in this hybrid season, for those who can make it and you are not going to be at risk, meaning that you don't have any underlying conditions, your age is below uh, what they're recommending, et cetera. If you can make it, I, I'd encourage you to, to come and uh, and to be a part. If you can't, if you do fall in one of those categories, I encourage you to stay at home you know, if you're if it's going to be a risk for you. I think the person that I would like to really challenge is the person who is uh, staying away, not because of a conviction about spiritual matters, but someone who just has a irrit- an irritation with what the government has set out. There's understandable frustration with uh, decisions that have been made. I get that. But I, I, for, for those who are choosing to remain away only because of something that the government may have said, um, I would challenge them. Now, again, if, if they have a sense that God has placed this conviction on their heart, well, then it will never pay to violate your conscience. I, I would just say, I, I want you to prayerfully consider whether or not that's a conviction coming from the Lord or you just irritated with our government. And uh, being irritated with our government is not a good reason to not be in a worship service when you could be if you had the ability and, and, and you're not at risk. Yeah, I think the exhortation is to really consider the weight of scripture on the matter and not, which is really hard right now. It's really hard to filter through what's political right now, what's spiritual, what is relational. There's just all kinds of things. And I think probably what we want to say on this podcast more than anything is, hey, just know the reason for what you're doing. And as much as you are able, uh, weigh it with scripture and weigh it with what the word of God exhorts us to. And for some, you might not be able to do that on your own. So find a godly friend, find a pastor, somebody you can sit down with and say, here is what we're doing on Sunday morning as a family. Here is why we're choosing to do this. Poke holes in it. Tell me why that's right, why that's wrong. I think that posture of humility is only going to pay dividends. I want to remind kind of even our church, we did a series not very long ago called the one another's uh, on the one another's around the church. And the idea there is that multiple times over and over again in scripture, we're exhorted towards how we're to treat one another. And for me personally, this is the difference to me between an online gathering and an in-person gathering, right? We're supposed to stir up one another and bear one another's burdens and serve one another and bear with one another. We're supposed to pray for one another, confess to one another, love one another, belong to one another. Some of those things can be carried out in, in various online forms, but there's so much of that that goes on in a Sunday morning uh, gathering. And and this podcast, really, it's not designed if you're listening to this and and wondering if we're just trying to get people back to church. I promise you that was not the intention. This podcast is designed to kind of wrestle with what are thoughts and ideas and things we need to consider as people who are following Jesus. And I think the biggest exhortation is to consider, is to consider why you do right now, whatever it is that you do on Sunday. And if you land in a place where you go, biblically speaking, I really believe that we're doing the best thing by staying home then man, we celebrate that. We celebrate that you wrestled with that. We celebrate that you didn't just listen to the friends around you and you didn't just do what was easy on Sunday morning, but you really wrestled with and considered biblically speaking where you feel you should stand and where you need to worship on a, on a Sunday morning. And that really is the exhortation of this podcast is we need to consider what is church moving forward. And I think it's going to transition and it's going to 
uh, continued transition. And as it transitions as a believer, we really should be wrestling with, and what is it that I believe about church, biblically speaking? So, yeah, this is great. Let me add on this. Amen to, to what you just said. That's fantastic. You know, the pictures that the scriptures give us as to who this church is, it's a bride of Christ. It's a body. Go back in the Old Testament. They were a city that was going to be on a hill. They were a light. But more often than not, look at how much personal terminology Jesus uses and the apostles use to describe this group of people this gathering called the church. And I think the, the thing that we see more than anything else is we're a family. Christ calls us brothers and sisters. We're God's children. So apply the same principles. You know, I recognize in a COVID season, there have been some families that have had to quarantine individual members away from one another in there, you know, for a, a short season. And I, and I would support that. I would say, um, do I want to function with my family where the only time I'm really interacting with my children is when they pick up their iPhone, you know, that we would be in separate places and we're going to zoom together and, and we're going to, I don't, I don't think that's what God intended and what God designed. Those are great ways to keep tabs. The find my child button that you have or would find my phone, but that's a good one. I don't think that the Lord intended uh, technology to replace uh, for families. I don't think he intended that to, uh, to replace the sitting down and eating dinner together uh, as a family, eyeball to eyeball. Uh, so let's take communion together. Uh, let's be together. Let's talk to one another. Again, I understand seasons of stuff, but uh, we'll hug my kids. I'm going to, you know, et cetera. So I want us to function like a family in the same way that somebody else's family would function. Yeah, we understand, guys. This is a tough topic right now. It's a sensitive topic for a lot of people. Uh, so please come on in. There's four pastors on Wildwood staff. We'd love to have conversations with you around um, helping and, and shepherding in this season. We know that it's a really tricky time. So thanks, David, for being on the podcast. We look forward to talking to you guys next week. We'll see you next time on Make Disciples.